Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are in a series called Grow. Would you say that with me? Say Grow. Come on, can you say it like you want to do it? Come on, let's try it. Grow. Come on, say Grow. We just believe that this is the year that God has placed this on our heart. This is the word for the year, is this word grow. And we really believe that it is God's will for us to grow. Anybody believe that it's God's will for you to grow? And it is because God created us to grow. As a matter of fact, you and I are wired to grow. We're wired to grow. And I really do believe, and I want to submit this to you today, that it's probably the areas in our lives, maybe last year, that we didn't grow in that give us the most frustration. It's the areas that we just didn't grow. Maybe it's because we didn't know or maybe we were just a little stubborn. But we believe that God wants us to grow. And in these next three months, we're talking about growing spiritually here in this series. Next month, we're going to start talking about relationships. A lot of our frustrations and struggles can come from relationships. Can I hear a good amen today? And sometimes we just don't know how to approach those or a godly biblical view. And then in March, we're going to talk about growing financially. And our theme scripture for this series has been Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. And that's really what we want to do is we want to become becoming more like Christ, not just becoming more like who we think that we should be, but really becoming more like Christ. And we've been making you this promise for the last couple of weeks that in 2019, right, 2019, we're saying will be the best year of your life if, everybody say if, if it's your best year spiritually. If it's your best year spiritually. And so we're hoping that in the beginning of this year, we'll spark maybe some desire in you to start prioritizing your spiritual life. Why? Because when your spiritual life gets better, everything else gets better. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have circumstances. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. But here's the deal. You're going to know how to respond to those problems. And listen, and not just survive, but thrive. I believe that this is going to be a year of us not just surviving, but growing and thriving. Can I hear a good amen this morning? So when your spirit life gets better, everything else gets better. And I think what happens, though, is when we come into a new year, you know, we focus on a lot of external things. And external things are good. You know, I want a new haircut. You know, I want a new look. And all of those things are good. And I'm going to get on a diet and I'm going to exercise. All those external things are good. And here's what we've been saying. External things are good, but here's the reality. Only Jesus can make your life new. External changes can make your life better, but only God can make you new. And so we've been talking about how change starts in the heart. We talked about two weeks ago how we need to grow or go as we grow and we take a step. And today I want to talk about a subject that maybe you've had with your kids or maybe somebody, a boyfriend or girlfriend has had with you. And that is the subject today of growing up. Everybody say that with me. Say growing, growing up. Now, why is growing up so important? I'm going to tell you why. See, because most of our problems in our lives come from spiritual immaturity. 
A lot of the problems that we face come from spiritual immaturity. So we've got to grow up spiritually. And so when we're not spiritually mature, you know what starts to happen? We start making dumb, bad decisions, right? We start to base our decisions in our life on how we feel. And the challenge with that is that your feelings aren't always right. Your feelings can go up and down. We start to get manipulated by our moods, right? Well, I'm just moody. Okay, we don't want to hang out with you, right? Because your moods are manipulating you. But here's the difference between children or let's just say immature people. Mature people make a decision based on truth, not based on their feelings. And God wants us to grow into that. So we have to grow. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 2, verse 52. You know, when Jesus came on the earth, we just celebrated uh, Christmas. Right? How many did you, how many felt like the holidays just went so by so fast? Anybody feel like that? I'm going to be honest with you, and I hope you respect me after I tell you this, but we still have our Christmas tree up. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and we watched a Christmas movie last night. Can you believe that? What is wrong with us? Anybody else still have Christmas stuff up? And Okay, good. You're not going to leave me up here by yourself. I told my wife, maybe we'll just leave it up and we'll just put some hearts on our Christmas tree for February. We'll just make it like a, a Valentine's tree or, or something. But um, I, yeah, I just, I still have my Christmas tree up and we're going to take it down. But I just felt like, man, the holidays were just so fast. But we celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came into the earth, he came as a baby. But he didn't stay that way. Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says this, and Jesus grew. Everybody say grew. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, when the Bible talks about growth, it uses a lot of similarities between uh, growing physically and also growing spiritually. So notice that Jesus did not come into the world as a full-blown man with beard and everything. How many of you moms are excited that kids come in as babies and not as full-blown men? That you did not give birth to a full-blown man-child, right? Or a full-blown lady. No, you gave birth to a baby. And all the mother said, amen. amen. And some of you had a problem with that, right? Because that child was so big. But Jesus didn't come into the world as a man. He came into it as a baby. Why? Because growth is a process. Now, he could have maybe come on a cloud. Now, that wouldn't have fulfilled prophecy, though. But I will tell you this. He did that for a reason, because he wanted to show us that there is a process to growth. Now, some of us don't like that. Some of us want instantaneous growth, right? I want to drop my weight. Just give me a couple pills and I'm done, right? I don't want the discipline. I, I don't want to watch. I don't want to. I just give me some pill. I want growth instantaneous. I have a microwave mentality. But the, the challenge is we have a microwave mentality, but we serve a crock pot God. He, amen. All the ladies say, mm, now he's talking. I love them crock pots. I got an insta crock. We got an insta crock, Right? Because we want to grow. We're tired of the microwaves. So we got an Instacrop, right? Supposedly that expedites the food. But we haven't used that either yet. We're still using the microwave. But Jesus grew. You know, in the New Testament, the New Testament is written in the language of Greek. It's, Greek. it's an extensive language. But I looked up these words grow, and it said Jesus grew. And so in the Greek, this word means to 
Go forward. Jesus advanced as a young man. He increased, listen, to make progress, to profit. This word grow is actually in the Greek. It's a very intense, an intense type of word. It denotes um, like an ironsmith guy forging the metal and forging all of the impurities out of the metal, pounding it in. That's, that's this word. Jesus had an intensity about growing. Now, can I ask you, if Jesus had the intensity about growing when he was on the earth, don't you think that we need to have that same intensity about growing? And it says this, he grew in wisdom. Wisdom in the Greek means this, he grew intellectually, that he had the skill, watch this, of managing affairs, managing the affairs of his life. And then it says that he grew in stature. In the Greek, that means he grew physically and he aged, right? And that's one part of growth. We are growing, why? Because we have life in us. So that's growing in stature. But then the Bible says this, that he grew in favor. Come on, everybody say favor. Favor in the Greek means grace. So he grew in graciousness. And he, Jesus grew in grace. It's the spiritual condition of one governed by the power of divine grace with God and man. Isn't it cool that Jesus actually grew in wisdom? When you grow in wisdom, right, you can grow in favor with God and man. Pastor Phil, you know, I just, I want to grow in favor with people. Well, listen, can I encourage you? If you want to grow in favor with people, you got to keep, you got to stop doing stuff that keeps ticking people off. Let me try this side. If you want to grow in favor with people, you got to stop doing stuff that's ticking people off, right? Amen. This side is awake. But Jesus grew, right? He grew in wisdom and stature and favor. But I thought this was interesting. Jesus, the son of God, is growing in grace. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus is grace? You know that in John 1, 17, it says this, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So when Jesus came, he was grace, but yet the Bible also tells us that as a young child, he began to grow in grace. I thought, wow, that, that's pretty interesting because Jesus chose to grow in wisdom and grace. And then I realized there's a principle here, and there's a principle for you and I. See, when we're growing, in growing, we're actually becoming what God already believes that you are. Let me say that again. We are growing into what God already believes and said that you are. Let me break this down for a minute. God has said, right, in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, he said, in all things, everybody say that with me, all things, in all things, we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but we are more than conquerors. Now watch this. But we are more, more than conquerors through him who loved us. Right? Through him that loved us. So God has already declared his word and believes that you are more than a conqueror. So my question is, why are so many Christian people, godly people, not victorious and not conquering? If this is what God says over you and believes, because there's some keys to growing into what God says that I am. Now, one of those things is I am not a conqueror by myself. So some people think, man, I'm going to take on these, these issues. I'm going to take on these circumstances by yourself. Well, you go ahead with your bad self. But listen, when you don't like the outcome, don't blame God. Come on, I'm preaching already better than you're smiling at me. 
And we go into battles that are really spiritual battles. And we're going to talk about it this, this year. We're going to go in, you go into, there's a lot of spiritual battles that you're trying to handle in a natural realm. And you're not working. It's not working because you don't conquer by yourself. Can you put that scripture back up, please? We don't conquer by ourselves. We conquer how? Through him, through him. And then he says, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So if I'm going to conquer, what do I have to grow in? I have to grow in knowing him. So he's already said it. But listen, I am growing and I am becoming what God already says that I am. Can I hear a good amen today? So I need to know him. This is why we need to grow up in all things. And in growing, we become what God already says that we are. So even for Jesus on the earth, he made a decision, I'm going to grow. I'm hoping that that will inspire you this year to say, I'm going to make a decision to grow. Now, if you'll just give me a moment. I want to tell you, I did not swallow a frog this morning. All right. I didn't. And I don't sound like what's his name from, from the little rascals. What's his name? Was it froggy? Um, I, I'm just receiving my healing. I, I feel good. I hope I look good, but uh, I know I don't sound that good, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to preach today in faith if that's okay. Is that all right? And so I hope it, I know somebody said, man, you sound sexy. I'm like, I'm not trying to cause anybody to stumble today. All right. So God wants us to grow. Come on, say grow. <laughs> grow up in all things. Now, let's talk about growth. Let's talk about growing up. Because I think there's a misconception about growing up, right? And the misconception is, is just because I'm growing up in stature or physically, it could mean that I'm growing up spiritually. No, that's a misconception. See, just because you're growing up in stature doesn't mean you're growing up spiritually, it doesn't mean that, right? Just because a person is aging doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting wiser, right? And, uh, you know, as a pastor, I get to counsel a lot of people. I think I was counting, like, I've counseled like 700 people in the last 20 years. And one of the most interesting conversations that you have in counseling is when you counsel, like, let's just say a lady, right? She's single, and, and she, she sees the man of her dreams, and, man, his biceps are the size of a grapefruits, and uh, she's just like... Oh man, man. Oh, oh, oh Jesus. I'm so, oh, thank you, Lord. Look at, look at that. Oh my goodness. Look at them biceps, man. They're the size of great folks. Oh, and Pastor Phil, you don't know. I just like when men have that little, that little, that little Bible that they carry. I, I really like that. And he had that little Bible, right? And then one year later, we're sitting in counseling and because her boo is now acting like a baby, right? She saw his biceps. They were the size of grapefruits, but he's acting like his brain is the size of a grape, right? Because, oh, listen, he had a mature body, but he had an immature mind. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in relationships. It's the one thing in relationships that I hear as a pastor about complaining, but when people complain to me is that I can't believe how immature they are. Oh, yeah, and you fell for, they look great, but you didn't look at maturity. You didn't look at growth. You just looked at the outward appearance. Come on, don't look at me like you're Snow White, right? And, and what happens is the misconception is, is because there is an appearance or a certain stature or a certain age that there is a certain amount of growth. And I came to tell you that that's a misconception. And this can happen in our walk with God. Sadly, many Christians grow older, but they never grow up. 
I'm telling you that I have been in the church for many years and I've seen people sit in church for 10 years, 10 years, and they don't know how to love anybody. As a matter of fact, they're meaner than the devil. Man, you know what? What's happening is they're growing older, but they're not growing up. And I don't want you to be that person. I don't want to be that person. Growing old doesn't mean that you're growing up. Can I hear a good amen today? But I want you to grow. God gives us some ways that we can kind of measure where we are in the growth process by using, and the Bible uses babies. The Bible uses children. The Bible uses adults as example, right? They use these, these three kind of growth stages, and there could be more, but I want to talk about them. And I think it's important for our church. It's important for you to maybe analyze where you're at as we look at how we measure these. But the Bible says that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you say a prayer in faith, right? And you ask Jesus to come inside your heart and he comes inside your heart. You are a newborn Christian. We would say this born anew, but the Bible calls you a newborn baby. And so here's the first stage. You're a newborn baby. Now, Peter is going to tell us about babies. Let's talk a little bit about babies because first Peter chapter two, verse two says this as newborn babies desire, everybody say desire, desire. Desire is a longing. The Bible says that as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, that they may what? That they may grow. That they may grow nearby. Now watch this. Everybody listen. Let me say it this way. A new desire is a byproduct of the new birth. So watch this. As soon as I say this prayer, repent of my sins and ask Jesus to come inside my heart, there's a new birth that happens. But watch this. Just like a natural born baby starts to desire milk, when I ask Jesus to come inside my heart, there is a desire for the sincere milk of the word of God. Now watch this. When my son was born, my wife went into the delivery room, okay? And so I'm just waiting out there in the hall. I don't know what's going on, you know? So we're just kind of waiting. And there were some complications I'm not going to go into right now, but I'm just in the hallway. And then all of a sudden, right, this door opens and this, this baby, I didn't kind of know what it was actually when I looked at it because it was a cart. And I mean, he looked all ghetto. Can you just put that first picture up there? Right. He had a beanie on. Come on, somebody. He, he looked a little ghetto like that. And then go to the next picture. He was like purple. Look at him like, ah, when I saw that, like, dad, what did you do to me? You brought me into this world. I was so comfortable in my mother's womb. Look, ah! I was like, you know what? We gave birth to a ghetto purple Smurf. Right. That, that, that's him. Ah. You ready? Are you ready for this? Next picture. Where's mama's chest? Ready for some milk. The birth, right, and the desire automatically came from milk. Where's mama's, where's mama's chest? Now, even when I held him, because she, <laughs> she was still uh, getting, you know, all prepared to come out. But I'll tell you what, I held him and he went for my chest. I'm like, hey, mama's chest and daddy's chest are different. We don't do that thing. Homie, don't play that. We got different chests over here. He don't care. Because you know what? There was such a desire for milk. 
And that's a healthy, it's healthy, right? He desires milk. And this is what Peter is saying, even spiritually. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babies, there is a desire. In the Greek, that means this, there is a longing. There's an intense craving. And milk actually means this, for less difficult truths of the Bible, right? So as a baby Christian, you desire, right, these lesser truths. God loves you. I'm loved by God, all those things. And listen, my church family, those are great, right? But growth is a process. Look at, look at how good God is. So when you come to him, he just doesn't smack you with a piece of meat because babies aren't able to digest meat, right? You could kill a baby if you give them meat. They can choke. No, they want milk. So what God does is in order to develop you, he starts you out with little simple truths. But here's how babies grow. Babies grow by feeding on God's word. So you start with milk, right? Peter's saying you start with milk, but watch this. Look at this on the screen. This is what Peter's saying. Your spiritual development is based on your ability to digest truth. Your spiritual development is based on the ability of how you can digest truth. How do you digest truth? So watch this. To our growth, the diet is so imperative to us, right? And watch this. My son now is eight years old. I mean, they said that he's going to be uh, in the 90 percentile in his class. In other words, out of 10 kids, he's going to be taller than nine of them. Do you know what I do? If I just feed him correctly, the growth is a byproduct of a correct diet. That's all I do. I make sure I feed him, right? You can't just have Tootsie Rolls, right, and fruit roll-ups. No, you got to have the right diet. And so God starts you off with simple truth, simple, right, simple truths. Now, watch this. I, I want to I talk about this because you may say, Pastor Phil, I have said a prayer. I love God. I've asked him to come in my heart, but I don't desire this thing. I don't desire the word of God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Hunger Hunger, our hunger, hunger, and the desire for spiritual milk. Hunger is your spiritual thermometer. Let me say that again. Hunger is your spiritual thermometer. When you get sick, what is the first thing that goes? Your appetite. Your appetite. And so when somebody tells me, they say, well, I just don't have that desire. I say the prayer. And you know, well, let me ask you a question. Did you just say a prayer or did you really surrender your heart to Jesus Christ? Did you really allow him into your, into your heart? Because here's what happens. When he comes into your heart, you start to crave this thing. Just like my son with a like that, this is what happens. You start to want truth. You have a desire. You have a longing for that, right? And so what happened or can happen, you say a prayer. And now, listen, I'm not here to tell you whether you're going to heaven or not. When you said that prayer, that was a prayer of faith that you, that you believe. But I will tell you this. The Bible is true that when Jesus comes inside your heart as a newborn baby, you start to desire milk. But here's what I know about babies. Babies believe that everything should go in their mouth. Everything, everything should go in their mouth. You know what? They'll stick their fingers in their mouth, right? You give them the car keys, your car keys, right? And they put that in their mouth. And then you go, okay, I'm gonna be a smart parent. I'm gonna go out and buy them plastic car keys. And right, you give them plastic car keys. They don't want no plastic car keys. How many of you experienced that as parents? They want the real car keys. 
What? Why? Because they put it right in their mouth. You have a dog. That dog has a ball. It's got saliva all over it. You're a little born baby, right? Or as it grows, it starts to crawl. It gets that ball with the dog's saliva in it, right? It goes right in its mouth. Everything's supposed to go, right? They believe everything goes in its mouth. And here we are as parents. How many of you, you had to sterilize some bottles? You're making sure that everything's clean. Why? You want to make sure everything's clean because it's going to go in their mouth. Now you're sterilizing bottles and they're sticking stuff in their mouth anyway. Right? <laughs> that's, I think that's funny. Right? I, I, I saw um, my son, this is a picture. He's trying to fit his fist in his mouth. Oh yeah. Because they believe everything is supposed to go in your mouth. Now can I tell you, as a newborn Christian, not every craving that you have is a natural craving. What you did when you said that prayer is you awoke your spirit up to supernatural things. That you opened up your heart and your spirit to supernatural things. And sometimes, and listen to me, sometimes there's cravings in your life you think that are for food. And it's actually your spirit wanting more of the spiritual things of God. It's your spirit really wanting more of this word. But just, we, we try to fill our spiritual craving with external things. We put everything in our mouth. And as a spiritual babe, listen, not everything is meant to go in your mouth. I put this in my notes, not everything you see needs to have entrance into your life. And so what happens is, well, I don't desire this anymore. Can I just say maybe it's because you're putting too many things in your mouth and you're craving other things and satisfying a spiritual craving with external things. Come on, I'm preaching good this morning. And so we have got to desire the milk. What you're feeding on, what you're feeding on is either producing spiritual growth or it's hindering. It's hindering. And if there's no desire for milk, for the word of the God, I'm telling you, we got to come back and say, God, maybe there's other things in our heart. Now, I want to tell you something about babies. I love them. I love babies. They're very, very cute, but they are a lot of work. I didn't get any amens from moms. All right, your parent, it's only my kid. Let me try that again. They are cute, but they are a lot of work. They cry. They don't sleep, especially when you want to sleep. They don't sleep, right? And they wear diapers because they are constantly pooping. Listen, my son was a poop machine. He was a poop. I mean, it was like a machine gun. There were times it was like up his back, in his hair. I'm like, what's going on here, right? And I'll tell you what, the whole time they're pooping, they're smiling at you. <laughs> Listen, they wear diapers because babies, they, they make a mess. They make a mess. Now watch this. I think this is important. You may think, oh, this is kind of dumb. No, it's not because if you're a new Christian here and you maybe have come back to the faith, if you're a new Christian, I want you to know something. We at Passion Life Church, we love you. We love you and your little mess and everything. Listen, we love babies. I love baby Christians because, yeah, listen, you're, you're pooping. You're making mistakes. I just tell you, there's something that comes with new babies. New babies represent new life. New babies represent people who are coming from death to life. And I love new baby Christians. And if you're here, I don't want you to feel down on yourself because you're like, man, I just haven't grown. I'm just not at that place. No, you are a baby. And you're probably still making a lot of mistakes. But can I encourage you? You came to a church who loves you and we're going to help you. And we are. We're going to help clean you up. 
And I know, and you may even be sinning and smiling and going, ha, ha, and you're sitting in your mess, and we know. But guess what? You came today because there's a desire for something different, and there's a desire to grow, right? But can I tell you, with all your stink, because babies stink sometimes. Now, they got that new baby smell that I love. Can you ever smell a baby's hand? You just go, oh, it just smells so good. I'm just like, man, if we could bottle that up into a perfume or cologne, I'd love it. Just like little baby, and then their breath, and they go, and you're like, oh, is so cute. Yeah, but when you try to change their diaper, it ain't so cute anymore. My son, I don't know what would end up in that diaper. I had no idea, but I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, when I opened up that diaper, some of my nose hairs were singed off. I could walk outside my house and still smell his mess. I'm like, man, this boy, I don't know either he's got a gift or a curse. I don't know what it is. But you know what? Here's the thing. That mess stinks. And sin stinks. And it stinks to God. Let me tell you this. You can have one baby in the house with one dirty diaper and it affects everyone. And I came to tell you here, we love baby Christians, but I will tell you this. Here's how you know you start to grow. You start to deal with your own stink. You start to deal with your own sin because we may not, and I'm, I'm trying to help you as a, as a baby Christian, sin stinks not only in the nostril of God, but it affects all the people around you. And if you don't think that what you do and how you do it is not affecting your family, man, sin stinks. But I want to tell you that God is here to help you. And if you keep feeding on this word, you're going to get better and you're going to grow, right? Look, and Paul talks about this in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. He says, and a person who is living on milk isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about doing what is right. So how do we define babies? Babies don't know what's right and wrong. Babies, so what? What do they do? They keep making the bad choices, right? But a sign of spiritual growth, watch this is you start to deal with your own sin. You don't just sit in your diaper all messed up. You start to deal with your own sin. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh, draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So a part of growing up is you start to deal with your own sin. And here's the second stage, right? Just like a child would grow, there's a stage of a child. Now, Paul's going to talk to the Ephesian church and the, the um, Ephesians, and he's going to say, he's talking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and he's talking about how these people, that's why we have guest speakers, because I, I sit in the office of a pastor, so I feed you as a pastor, but we bring different people in, right, to help feed you, because that's what the Bible says, so you can grow, not just with my voice, but the voices of the apostle prophets, and we've had these in our church, and he's talking about that, but watch, Ephesians chapter four, verse 14, he says this, then we will no longer be immature like children, but we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. So here's number one, babies grow by what? Feeding on God's word. Now watch what happens with children, children, even a natural born child will start to hold his own bottle. He'll start to self-feed, 
right? At some point, right? Children grow by, they start to feed themselves. And here's what they do, right? They start to walk. Have you ever seen a child? They, they want to do that. They see you walking. They get on the floor. Sometimes they grab the couch, right? And they are pulling themselves up. Why? Because they want to walk. So let me say this. As a child, here's what happens. You start to read the word for yourself. You're not just coming to church on Sunday, getting a buffet of truth, and then waiting for the next week. No, 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 no. You'll die that way. Here's what you got to do is you got to start to self-feed. You got to start getting into the word, and you got to start to walk in the truth that you know. Now, here's what happens with kids, right? Some of them are getting developed, right? So some of them, their heads are bigger than their body. Have you ever seen those kids when they try to walk and their heads are so big that they just like, they're trying to navigate, right? And their head, sometimes they'll just fall, right? It's like, bro, it's because you got a big head, man. You got to learn how to navigate that. But a characteristic of a child in the Bible is a person who is tossed to and fro because they don't really know the truth. And so they are like, well, I'm trying to learn truth. I'm learning how to digest it. But I saw this guy on YouTube. This guy on YouTube said that we don't really have to go to church, that we could just, you know, do church by ourselves. But you know what? I came to church and they're telling me that I'm supposed to come to church because that's what the Bible says. And they're going, and you know what happens? You can fall a lot. You can fall a lot as, as a child. But can I just encourage you? As you fall down, get back up. Get back up. I've, I've seen some kids fall, man. I've seen some kids fall hard, right? And sometimes it's almost that moment when they fall, you're like, okay, there's a quietness. And you're like, okay, they're going to cry. How bad is this, right? Are they really going to cry? And so, okay, they start crying. And then you come up, right? Well, hit my head, whatever. But you know what I know? They're going to start back and they're going to get up and they're going to start walking again. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're at this level. You're a child and you're walking and you fall and you keep falling. Can I encourage you? Get back up and keep walking. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. You come to a church that we want to help you get back up. Can I hear a good amen today? You got to get back up. Now, I want to help you. Because I hear a lot of people, especially in this stage, they tell me, oh, Pastor Phil, I, I love God. I just, I love God. And I don't doubt that. I don't, you know, when, but there are some ways that we can tell how much you really love God. Because they want to do what's right, right? But here's the thing. God says, if you love me, you're going to do what? You're going to keep my commandments. Now, I want us to realize something about God. God and his word are one. God and his word are one. John chapter one, verse one says this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was what? Come on, say it with me. The word was God. The word was God. So when I begin to walk in his word and his truth, that really shows God that I love him and that I want to please him. So when I'm applying God's word in my life, I begin to walk in this truth, not just ingest it, but really make a decision to start taking these steps. I'm growing spiritually. Now, let me tell you something about kids. I love kids. I, think I could hear you walking out of church today and, man, this pastor talked bad about babies and children and I'm never coming back to this church. I love, I love babies and I love kids. But all of them 
have characteristics of them that need to grow up. Children love to whine. I guess none of your kids are like my kids, or you're just being really holy today. I thought, man, the, the, the church would be on fire when I said the kids like to, your kids don't whine? All right, then we, you can do the parenting class. Kids love to whine. My son came to me when he was about five years old and asked me for something. And I said, Daddy, would love to get that for you. But unfortunately, I can't, son. Why, Dad? Why can't you get that? And so I just said, I can't get that because of the way you're talking to me. In this house, we don't have any whiny heinies. We just don't have them. So if you're going to ask that way, even if daddy can give it to you, you ain't getting it. Because watch, whatever you reward gets repeated. So some of your kids come up to you and they whine on purpose because you reward them every time they do. Because you just don't want them to whine. So they come up to you, daddy, and you're like, Shh, okay, here's your candy, right? And so they have to put on this act because you reward that behavior. But here's the thing. God doesn't reward that behavior. God doesn't like complainers. Now, we can pray and say, God, I need your help. But, man, when you start to read about complaining in the Bible, man, it's not something that moves God at all. And so kids complain and they whine. Come on, can I hear a good amen like your kids are normal? Come on, somebody. They whine. They complain when they don't get their way. They, all right, here we go. They pout. Any of your kids pout? Now what we do, I've just learned, when, he, when they start that behavior, me and my wife just walk upstairs. And guess what? Little pouty pants follows us. Because he realizes he needs us. But that behavior is not conducive to getting anything from me. And so this is what kids do, right? And so what I'm saying today is that as we grow and we start to walk in the things of God, we start to grow. We start to make decisions not based on how we feel and complaining. We make decisions, watch this, based on truth. Now I'm starting to grow. Why? My decisions aren't made by how I feel. My decision, right, is made on what the word says. Can I hear a good amen? And desires start to change. I start to love what God loves. I start to hate what God hates, right? And so I'm starting to grow. Watch this. Now I start to value this as the ultimate authority in my life, right? And we're going to go deeper in this year. I'm going to teach you because some of us are still fighting, right? Spiritual battles in physical realms, right? And this little bottle that we're holding as a child, right? This isn't just a bottle, right? You can't throw a bottle at the devil, when he tries to attack you. No, you know what this is? This is actually a sword. And we've got to learn how to be mature and fight in spiritual battles with the spiritual sword, which is the word of God that God gives us. But a lot of people don't know how to use this sword. But children, right? They start to walk in the things of God and you begin to grow. And here's the last one for today. As you grow, you become a mature adult in the things of God. And again, I'm going to be honest with you. I see people that are two or three years in the kingdom and they're already walking in some of these things because they're growing. And I've seen people been in church for 10 years and they're still spiritual infants because watch, we grow as an adult and we start helping other people. 
This is one of the characteristics of adulthood is that you're not just, okay, I, I just need to be fed. Watch this. I just need somebody to keep teaching me. Here's the thing. I start teaching others. I start helping others. I start helping and making disciples. So as infants, we're feeding on God's word. As children, we're starting to learn how to feed ourselves and walking in the word. But as an adult, watch this. We start to help other people grow. Watch. We start helping with the kids. We realize there's newborn Christians in here that need our help. And as adults, I'm not just going to go sit and whine and complain with the kids and the children. I'm actually going to be a mature adult and I'm going to start helping these baby Christians to walk and I'm going to hold their hand and I'm going to start to disciple them and I'm going to start to show them what I know and what the word says. Why? So we can start creating disciples, which is Jesus's command that you go and you make disciples. Who's making disciples? It's mature believers. Can I hear a good Amen. Watch this last scripture, Hebrews chapter five, verse 12. He said, and Paul was talking to now, some people don't believe that Paul wrote Hebrews. It's an anonymous book, but I believe Paul wrote it because there's a lot of things that he said in here that, but in Hebrews chapter five, verse 12, watch this. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teaching other people. He was talking to people who knew the law. And he says, by now you should be teaching other people. How long have you been in church? How long have you been sitting under good teaching? And good teaching is not for you to just sit and digest. It's for you to become active, to start helping other people. But he says, by this time, you should be teachers. For you need someone to still teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food, right? So this person is stuck. Why? They can't take the deeper truths of the word of God. So you can be in church for 10 years and still not digest the, the deeper truths. Now, why? Some of us don't want to because we don't want to grow up. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You know, one of the ways that I grew is my dad asked me years ago, he had a Hispanic church and he asked me to be the youth pastor. I wanted to play music, right? So I thought, well, our band will play, and then I'll just teach something. But you know what? You don't know how good you know something until you have to teach it to somebody else. Man, I had to get into the Word, and I started like, oh, I thought I knew this. Did you ever try to explain to your kids stuff when they say, why, Dad? Why? And you're like, okay. Like, well, I knew it in theory, but now I've really got to break this down. And you know one of the things that have helped me one of the things that have helped me is teaching you. Because I'm teaching you, I'm diving into deeper truth and I'm understanding more and I'm able to, watch this, adults are able to articulate their faith to people. Children don't know how to articulate their faith. And so what he's saying, verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. Everybody say a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. In other words, adults and these people who are growing have a discipline of the word of God, a discipline, spiritual habits that they start to go after to discern both good and evil. And I want to tell you today, I really believe that for some of us, today as we close... I think some of our biggest frustrations are coming from areas that we just have not experienced spiritual growth. 
Some of you are, are, your finances, man, it's really tough. But you won't do what the Bible says about tithing or giving. And so you know what? You, you remain a child. You remain on, as, as, as on the bottle, on the smaller truth. And here's the thing. You get frustrated because you're stuck. But you can't move forward until you start to act on the word that God has given you. And listen, I'm telling you, don't stop reading the Bible. Keep reading it. Well, Pastor Phil, I don't understand it. Well, keep coming to church. And listen, get a, get a, get a, a translation that you understand. Get a translation that you understand. Because God wants to develop you into your God-given destiny that you had. Jesus had to grow as a young man. Jesus prepared 30 years of preparation for three years of ministry. And your destiny is at stake. Your purpose is at stake. I'm going to ask the band to come this morning as, as we close out. I'm going to ask also if you would just stand with me as we pray today. I wonder... As we pray in just a moment, I wonder what stage you're at today. I wonder, are you still a baby? Now, if you just came to the faith and you're going, man, I want to tell you, we congratulate you. Keep coming. Keep getting into the work. You're going to grow. Are you a child, right? Still being tossed to and fro, haven't made up your mind that this is the truth and you're going to walk in it? What stage are you in? And I really believe there's some of you in this room, you should actually be teaching other people. You should be getting involved and you should be helping with some of these babies. And I'll tell you what, your growth is going to be accelerated. But whatever stage that you're in today, it's time to grow up, my church family. I'm speaking to me. It's time to grow up. It's time to start getting these spiritual truths and walking into everything that God has for us. The downside, if you don't, you may never accomplish your purpose and your destiny. And I felt like this week, the Lord told me, there are some of you, you wonder why some doors haven't been opening. You wonder why things haven't been moving forward. And I felt like the Lord told me to tell you, it's because you're immature, you're not growing. And God, I can't give a baby a stake. I can't. It'll hurt him. It'll destroy him. I can't give my son opportunities. I can't let him drive my car. I can't. He's not. He doesn't have the maturity to begin to step into some of the greatest things. Adulthood is great. I love adulthood. You got money. You can make some decisions. You, I mean, it's amazing. But children don't get to step into that. Why? Because of their maturity. And I believe that God is calling us to grow. God is calling you to step into your purpose. You've been at one stage way too long now. And it's time to move forward. Can I hear a good amen? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.